Hi, Chris Fallotton here. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I'm so excited about my new show, Cultural Catalyst, where we help you to learn how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. You can watch it weekly on my YouTube channel or listen to it here. Hope you enjoy it. Well, welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we help you learn how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. And today, I have Danny Silk with me. I'm your host, Chris Vallotton, by the way. And uh, let's see, you've been friends. I've been friends since, with you since you were, well, not actually friends, you know. Acquaintances. Acquaintances. Yeah. We met when I was 16 and a half years Yeah, and old. we worked in a tire store together. Yeah. And now that were, I'm 20. You, <laughs> you, were, you were not exactly walking with Jesus at the time. No, no. I, I fended you off for five years. You fended off five years. Yeah. For didn't, get, finally, didn't get saved till I was 21. Man. But now you are the co-founder of Loving on Purpose. Yes. I imagine the other co is your woman. Yes. And I'm uh, ministering a lot to families. And, I, man, I, I'm really excited to have you on. I just wrote a book called Uprising about, father, about helping to father the most fatherless generation in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And you know a little bit about fathering. So I'd really like to just talk today about, like, how do we restore the family you got, um, you know, LGBTQ with the deconstruction of the family. You got fifty-one percent of all of our fathers now. All all families are born without a father, mm-hmm. out of wedlock. Uh, <laughs> let's have a conversation. What do you, what are you thinking about that? Uh, I'm thinking that uh, <clears throat> just, you know it feels overwhelming, right? It does. There's so many broken spots, so you just got to pick a target, and I'm. I'm teaming up with the guys that are really locking on to the men. I think we gotta yeah. we gotta serve the men, heal the men, um, bond the men to yeah. each other. I, I I know that we have a a huge fatherlessness fruit. I think, but I think even upstream from that is a brotherlessness breakdown. Let's talk about that. Yeah, no I, brotherhood. Yeah, I think there's just such a, a disbanding of men being connected, which is easy to do, especially when you go such a a long time without uh, like an uh, an army, you know, or a national yeah. crisis. With that, because men tend to bond together in crisis, deal with the problem, bond their 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 hearts to other men in that vulnerability and that time spent. So. All the World War II, even the Vietnam guys. I mean, the the t- the times that we've moved through generations wow. where men have had to serve each other sacrificially, laying their lives down for each other. You know, being so vulnerable. Like, I don't know if I'm going to live through today. And that does something to a guy. That there's there's something in our covenant heart that that starves for that. And outside of that, it's really in. A brotherhoodness. So maybe in college, you know, a fraternity, yeah. a sports teams, you know, wherever you wherever you would serve together, where you have really high highs and really low lows, and time spent together. That's that we need to focus on. It's funny because one of the chapters in my book is called "Bonded in Battle." Mm. You haven't. I don't think you've read the book, but yeah. "Bonded in Battle," and we talk about that very thing. Mm. That, you know, and I was talking about it with reference to the fact that men actually do need men. Yeah. And absolutely. so we talk a lot about, you know, men need women and men were born sexually to be attracted to women. Mm-hmm. And we have all this perversion, the wrong version going on. But the other side of the coin is men actually need men. 
the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and they and it says, and they actually, it says that they they actually had a soul tie. Yeah, yeah. And we we think of soul ties as being negative, but there's actually positive soul ties. And women need women too. We're, we're a little bit on the subject of men, but women do something for women that men can't do for women, and men do something for men that men that women can't do for men. Yeah. And so there is that. I agree with you. There, we're like there is a positive effect of war on men in that they bond in battle. Yeah. And then they they starve for it when they when they leave the battlefield really because they've never had that kind of connect and camaraderie with anyone. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's artificial mm-hmm. to create that kind of intensity. But that's where men bond. Yeah. And that's where brothers, you know, like if you grow up in a family, you know, the the, the, the a healthy family. Mo- yeah, even a healthy family, you still have these incredible times of vulnerability oh, together. Good, yeah. And that's what bonds natural brothers together is that I've walked through stuff at the places of vulnerability in my life and my brother was there for me. Yeah. Or, or maybe he was a cause of that vulnerability, but we worked it out on the other side. Yeah. Or maybe dad was a problem or whatever. We walked through this and, and it was all that time spent yeah. that, that leads to this bond. So to this day, you know, my little brother is the quickest connect for me of any human being that I can think of. And I got some good friends, you know, I got some people I've yeah. been with for a very long time. But if I get on the phone with my brother, my family knows I'm talking to him because I am laughing so deeply about the dumbest stuff. We are just... And you grew up in a war zone. We grew up in a war zone. Yeah. Raised by wolves, I always say. Raised by wolves. Absolutely. <laughs> my mama wolf was, was very kind and loving. My mom was amazing, but yeah, I was raised by wolves too. Yeah. It, you know, and add to that the virtual reality world that we live in, and that when when we talk about excitement now, we're not talking about the football field, the soccer field, the basketball court, or the baseball field. We're all, we're often talking about our guys played video games together, yeah, yeah. which doesn't create that doesn't create a real emotional connect, and, and there's it's really there's really not a deep camaraderie made in in a virtual reality world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that really is serving to preserve isolation, I think. You know, there's kind of a, a an imaginary covenant or an imaginary yeah. camaraderie in that I know this guy's tag name, but I don't I don't even know what he looks like. Yeah. You know, I we've never and what 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 is is prevented really is us learning life from each other. We learn video game from each other, but we don't really learn how yeah. you do your marriage, how you do your kids, how you do your work, how you do your money. We don't learn any of that from each other, which we normally would if we were just hanging out as guys. And what do we learn from video games, which is, you know, I, listen, I, I, I'm not, uh, my, my grandkids play video games, so I'm not the, you know, I, I don't want to nix video games, but when I'm raised by machines... And in a video game, the goal of the conflict is to destroy the person who creates the conflict. Usually shoot them, blow them up. It's not surprising that kids live in isolation. 51% of families are fatherless. We're talking about now men not bonding with men, living at home, watching video games, playing video games. 
solving conflicts by blowing up the other guy and then wondering why shootings are not just perpetuating, but they're actually accelerating. Mm-hmm. And another thing I think that it, that it perpetuates is the escape from responsibility. You know, when I zone mm-hmm. out for six hours, you know, playing this game, yeah. go check and see how that's affecting your your areas of responsibility, like your marriage. Oh, you yeah. didn't get married. Oh, why didn't you get married? Oh, I didn't want that kind of responsibility. Yeah. And so I cultivate in my life these loops uh, that are they're not reality. They're not they're not growing me into uh, who I've been called to be as a a, a protector, a mm-hmm. provider, a connector. I'm not I'm not growing in any of those things. There's an illusion that I am because I I'm on level 27 now. Yeah. You know, so man, am I really a success or what? No, why don't you take a look at the rest of your life? It's pretty self-centered. Yeah. You know, and it's pretty limited to uh, you controlling everything around you. Yeah, and then, you know, your you know your friends are often your followers, your TikTok followers, your Instagram followers, whatever. It's like, um, you know, it's, it's, it is crazy. So, okay, so we kind of... Describe the problem pretty well. Lots of single moms at home raising boys and girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's the answer? I mean, I guess that's the $20 billion question. Like, what's the answer? You know, schools are being shot up. You know, 51% of our women are being pregnant with uh, a, a man who's not a father. He doesn't doesn't stay home. Doesn't protect the child. You know, abortion. I mean, we just gay 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 marriage. We get LGBTQ. We get transgenderism. I mean, like, how do we turn it around, dude? Yeah. Well, I I I think that men learn to be men from other men. So we're gonna have to gather up the the responsible men who want to take responsibility and train and teach other men, invest in other men, uh, cultivate covenant. You know, before I knew what covenant was, I met guys like you and Bill and Bill Derryberry and Charlie and Buck and yeah. Keith. And well, Keith was one of the guys learning too. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Barry, you know, all yeah. these, all these men who assumed a position of responsibility in being a father. Yeah. And show me what that was and reaching out to me and calling me in. I, you know, we used to call that home group leaders, but I think now it's going to be really just fathers that are intentional about finding men and building brotherhoods, like building clusters of relationships where I, I spend dedicated time pouring into your life and challenging you and calling you out of isolation and calling you out of being the master of your own universe. And I think that if we, if we, if we could create a movement of, of fathers who, whose hearts were turned towards their sons. Yeah. Malachi four. Yeah. Then I think what we end up with is in a sense, you know, foster families for men, you know, they, they wouldn't be natural families, but they would be 
probably stronger than anything these men have ever these 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 males have ever known, and they could learn to become men from guys who just took responsibility to invest. You know, it sounds a little bit like David's mighty men in a way. Yeah. You know, because David's got what four hundred guys who are discontent, in debt, nobody likes them, dropouts, male contents, and says he becomes the captain of them. And at first it's a military move, which which we just talked about bonding. But at the end of David's life, he's got thirty three of those guys that are their family and they're 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 laying down their life for one another, they're dying for one another. And I do think that you know, I, I have a lot of deep sense that we are in the Malachi four moment in which you know the the verse says Elijah the prophet in the last days will send Elijah the prophet, he'll return the he'll restore the hearts of fathers to sons and daughters hearts of sons and daughters to fathers. And so we're in this movement. We, we experienced it, I think, you know, some 30 years ago in the Promise Keepers movement, really. But we need to revisit it with some deeper intention, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, we learned a lot from that. I'm working on a book. Um, unsettled on the, the title as, as of yet, but... Um, what's, what's it about? It's, it's really about just men becoming brothers. Yeah. And it's about supporting one another in what I call the, the dragons of a man's life. You know, there's these, these seven dragons that I've identified and, and it, it's, can you remember any of them? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's man and God. You okay. Know, it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta break through the idea that I am a glass ceiling that, well, that I am, I'm a criminal before a judge yeah. And I have to get to, I am a son before a father. You know, you know, that's a great, you know, and that is, that is just the wrestling match of, a, of, of uh, a man's life. And then there's, there's a man in himself, you know, like I have got to get past the idea that I am, uh, I'm inadequate, you know, that I'm insignificant, that, you know, the, the, the paralysis that sets in when a man is losing in the dragon against himself. Wow. And then there is the battle of, of men, men and women. You know, a man with a woman. Like, he's so afraid of being a failure. He's so afraid of being rejected. He's so, so afraid of being abandoned. You know, these are the dragons. And so a dragon brings out the best or the worst in you, right? Uh, you beat the dragon. And you beat the dragon, and somehow the dragon grows its head back, you know? You got to go after go that sucker again. You know? it's, that's why you need your brothers. Yeah, you know, got it. You got to have your or more than one dragon. It you got to get. You got to have more than one. You got to have brothers. Yeah, you got to you you have, have somebody a, pushing you back in there, and troop fighting with you. Exactly. Yeah, uh, men and men, men and other men. I think this is why men become isolated is because we don't have that artificial thing that pushes me into being willing to live sacrificially in my relationship with other men. Yeah. We kind of we kind of transactionally live with other men, but not necessarily in that soul type place. And so how do I get there and stay there? Yeah. And uh, and then men in nature, you know, being out in nature, getting out there and and discovering the reality that you are easy to kill. Yeah. You know, you're pretty easy to kill. What are you going to do? Most men just get uh, out there with the bears and the cougars and the lions. The mosquitoes. In the mosquitoes. The mosquitoes are probably the top yeah. killer. Oh, yeah. Probably the top killer in Front, the world. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a very vulnerable 
uh, experience to go out in in nature and face that. Joe got killed by a lion. You got killed <laughs> by, by a mosquito. mosquito. <laughs> what do you say at your funeral? Uh, Joe Joe fought the law and the law won. Yeah, yeah that was quite a bite. <laughs> no, it's um, true though. Yeah, and then uh, men, I think, I think I got them all. And then men in provision. Yeah. Men in provision is probably, you know, the nagging loop of a, of a man's life mm-hmm. as a provider. Yeah. As somebody who's trying to figure out the money game, a man who's trying to figure out the, the skills game. Uh, oh, a man and machine is the other one. Man and machine. Yeah. <laughs> that, we know why you put that one in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's all that. There's all the, you know, uh, racing and that sort of thing. But there's also like some guys just never learn to change a light bulb. Yeah, yeah. They call the electrician. No, honey, light bulbs out. Call electrician. I don't want to do all that. Like you, know, you got it. You got to press into. You got to man up. You're a failure. You know, you're 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 this machine, this chainsaw. This could hurt you. You better you better figure this thing out. You know, there's just there's just all these places in our lives that that I really need other men to teach me, to lead me, to show me by example. I need to hear about their lives. I need to be encouraged. So that's, that's who was that in your life? Oh, who it's were been they? A in whole your life? troop. Yeah, yeah, it's been a whole troop of men. Um, you know, you and I have talked about the impact yeah. that Bill's had on us. Yeah, both of us. Probably the bar setter in our lives. Yeah, you're like, wow, I didn't know you could. There was a man like that. A great you know? father, noble man. Yeah, great husband, great yeah. character, man of God. We're like, okay, you know, how am I doing today? Well, compared to Jesus or Bill, you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, for first eight years, I was saved. I would pray, and God would answer in Bill's voice. <laughs> you know, it was just it was so so ridiculous. But that's how much he's affected yeah. me and and the yeah, standard. I, you know, you've affected my life quite a bit. You know? We're talking about positive effects right now. Yeah, bro. yeah, well, we'll get to that. Um, uh, <laughs> As a bonded in battle. Uh, well, this would be my brotherhood experience, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, because part of brotherhood that's so valuable is the accountability, the, the uh, I, I use the word contest, but it's more really provoking one another mm-hmm. to good deeds and faith you know yeah. like like we're provoking provoking each other all the time i never would have written a book if i did not come to bethel and be in the environment with you and bill yeah it that that was dragged out of me i have a master's degree i know how to write but i never would have written a book had i not been in this environment provoked yeah you know and and challenged in that standard um you know, John Tillery, another great yeah. man in my life. You worked for him for quite a while. I did. And and he he's probably feels like maybe the first fatherly figure that believed in me as yeah. deeply as he did, you know. Yeah. Uh, that that radically impacted me. And and he was just a great man. He was just a great man of God. And uh uh so he's another one. And then I have a bunch of people, brothers in my life, yeah. you know. Right now I have uh, 12 guys I've met meet with the last couple of years that we've been to Alaska together, you know. We go hunting here and there. We go uh, 
we work together in loving on purpose. We uh, are just good friends. We've traveled around the world together. All these different guys, every month I get on a call with them. There's 12 guys. Every wow. month we get on a call together and we just check up on each other. I have yet to get them all 12 at the same time yeah. on the call or the, <laughs> all 12 at the same spot. Yeah. But we just have scheduled events we go to. And uh, Stephen Mansfield, I don't know if you oh. you know him? Uh, he's written several fantastic books. One is uh, the uh, Band of Brothers. Yeah, one, I know him. Yeah, one is I uh, know of him. A man, a man on fire. Yeah, men on fire. Uh, he's just written a bunch of. He's a, such a, a gifted communicator. Uh, he says that you know, men tend to isolate over the course of their life. They start out with lots of lots of brothers, and then by the time they get to forty, there might be five guys in their life. By the time they get to 50, there might be two. If they get in their 60s, they'd be lucky to find one guy that would drop everything to come help them. And it's because relationships become rusty. You know, that you just, I got yeah. so busy with my family, my kids, my whatever, this, that, and the other Well, thing. and all your other brothers died off because you keep getting older. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, 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 like they became here. rusty because I was just so busy with my yeah. work and my family. Yeah. I'm like... Has it been two years since we talked? How you been, man? You're like, that's not a brotherhood. Yeah, that's actually a lot of isolation. And uh, some, one of my guys said, you know, isolation prevents you from making the small adjustments. Okay, single mom at home, you know, one, two, three boys. Mm -hmm. Here in this conversation, and she's like, I'm screwed. Mm. Got no men around. Mm -hmm. Dad's not. Dad doesn't come around, or never came around. And I, you know, the more I listen to you and Danny talk, the more hopeless I feel because I'm not a man and I don't have any men around. Mm -hmm. What do I do about that? Because I mean, these are the kind of questions that are coming every time I speak on it. It's like mm -hmm. I'm a single mom. You just kind of, you just kind of, you just kind of said. Yeah, you're you're pretty hopeless. Mm -hmm. uh, well, get those boys to fall in love with you, for starters. You know, just do a good job. The boys with the mom. Yeah, do a good job of um, connecting your heart to their heart, and then <clears throat> challenge them. You know, uh, get them involved in sports get them involved in places where they have to test themselves and they they have to uh compete and and they have to suffer loss and they have to build their character so important these are all things that you know mom can do a really great job you know we hear over and over and over and over these men that raise up in championship levels and they yeah, say NBA. Oz, Oz raised I like by to thank mom. my mom. I like to thank my, my grandma. Mom. They didn't give up on me. You know, they held the yeah. standard. They held my feet to yeah. the fire. They didn't let me get away with yeah. diddly. And uh, that's probably one of the most important lessons a man can learn is to take responsibility for his own dang life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I haven't remembered this till just now, and it's been many years, but I remember being around, let's see, I can tell you exactly how old I was. I was 13 years old when my mother went through her first divorce. So my father drowned when I was three. My mother got married when I was five. Got divorced when I was 13. And I remember she sat me down and she said, you're the man of the house now. And, she's, and I'm, I was like 13. I'm like, what does the man of the house do, you know? 
And, and give me a beer, woman. She, exactly. <laughs> and she's like, you know, you're you're the man of the house. Like, there's no other man in the house. You're the oldest, and you know, you you fix things. You you watch over your brother and sister. You and I I, I remember just going into my bedroom and just thinking about. It. I mean, isn't that odd? I haven't thought. I haven't even remembered that phrase. Mm. But there is something about the responsibility of manhood in a fatherless home where even my mom acknowledged. It's like almost like a rite of passage, like three-minute speech, you know. And I, I think that, I think you're right. You know, we just we just got back from a senior leadership team meeting where we were talking about some other issues. But, you know, Bill Johnson said, you know, if, if I if my kids are called as musicians and I'm not a musician, it's my job to create a culture and expose them to musicians. I, I, I may not be able to play, know the piano, but I can expose them to people who do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that same principle. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to be a man to teach your child respect and responsibility. And to expose them to other men, as you just talked about. But you do have to get them around other men for them to learn to be men. Because they're yep. not going to learn to be a man from a woman. It's just not going to happen. Mm-mm. And uh, and I think that would be the advantage of investing in where do you see this young man being able to thrive? Mm-hmm. Get him there. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, it, maybe it, maybe he's going to thrive as a musician. Well, okay, then maybe it's not going to be a man that teaches him how to thrive in, as a musician. But he, or maybe you should be looking for a man to teach your son instead maybe. of a woman. I mean, some it's just an idea, right? Yeah, maybe, but I wouldn't force it because no. he might be a bad guy. You know, he might yeah. be like, oh, I didn't really like this guy, yeah. but he was a guy, so I did it anyway. It, I think it has more to do with this guy learns to respect himself, to respect other people, to take responsibility for himself, to provide, to protect, and to be able to connect. I think these are really crucial characteristics of a man. And like I didn't really learn what I've put into practice until I was 21. Yeah. All the stuff I learned before that, I'm going to forget all of that, right? Yeah. So it's it's very much like, don't give up hope. It it's not you know. It, it, don't don't feel tons of pressure to find a man, mm-hmm. but please teach that boy how to respect, be responsible, and connect heart to heart. Yeah, and and you know this may be harsh. I don't mean it harshly, but don't. Uh, you know, uh, so many, so many moms, including mine, you know, was got so, you know, uh, w- bitter with men, disappointed with men, and I'm like, oh, you pass that on to your son, you pass that on to your daughters. I mean, that's part of the inadequacy inadequ- of men. Is my mom convincing me my dad was an idiot, and she passed, she passed her her bitterness, she passed her you know, her, her disillusion onto her son and her son and this, or her sons and the sons grow up with like men aren't good. You know, masculinity is bad. And, you know, this is part of, this is the part of the perpetuation of homosexuality, honestly, mm-hmm. is mom didn't like men. Mm-hmm. Mom was disappointed in men. So I just want to say publicly, like, 
if you you've got something going on with your ex-husband or your boyfriend or whatever, you need to go get that healed up so that you're not passing it on to your daughters and sons and they become a living reaction to your bitterness, mm-hmm. your disappointment, your abandonment, your I'm not saying that the mom is wrong. I'm simply saying that mom could create a legacy of of disappointment and bitterness towards it, even towards a gender, mm-hmm. and and your boys might be playing it out. And this probably just speaks to, in general, as a parent, you just want to work on your own wholeness and peace. Yeah. You know, because that's what that's what you'll give away as an inheritance. You will impart that to yeah. your children. So you can try to hide your bitterness. You know, you can try to like bite your lip and not talk bad about their father, or the, or if you're yeah. a father, you talk not talk back about about talk, the mom. Yeah. Talk bad about the mom, but it's 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 so much less about what you're trying not to do than it is who you become as a parent. Yeah. That's what your kids benefit most from is. Your wholeness, your health, and in doing so, uh, you know, on our Kylo Show podcast that we have, we we always start with and end with whole healthy families are going to save the world. You know, that's yeah. that's the sandwich that we're building on every one of those shows. Is how do you become a whole healthy parent, a whole healthy spouse, whole healthy friend? How do you how do you do that? And that I think is just the essence of getting out of the family destructive cycle we're living in is parents take responsibility for their own health and wholeness and not necessarily just try to fake their way through it and hope their kids do better. And you got a whole bunch of material around that. You got loving on purpose. I know you have, it's a, it's a book and also a a manual. Mm -hmm. And what are, what have you written lately? You have keep your love on. Mm -hmm. These are all, like you're maybe you're you're listening right now and you're like I I don't even know where to start. It's a great place to start right here. Yeah, uh, we're we're building something called the Kylo community. Kylo, okay, Kylo doesn't mean anything to most of my. I'm going to explain it right now if you wouldn't interrupt. Well, me. I was, I was trying, but you were going to use that. Um, I was going to fix it, it for was, you. It has nothing to do with Star okay, Wars. Okay, so let's it has do this. Nothing to do with Star Wars. <laughs> Kylo means uh, keep your love on. That was a book I wrote about ten years ago. And it, uh, the Kylo community is, um, is something we're starting up that is going to be essentially taking people from, yeah, I read the books, and yeah, I really liked them, and yeah, I have no idea how to apply it. Yeah, okay. You know? So we're building a bridge. mentorship kind yeah, of thing. Building a bridge from uh, theory to transformation. Got like it. How do we? How do we actually? We and you're only going to do that in a community with other people. So it's a little bit like learning Portuguese. You know, yeah. like I could teach myself Portuguese, but would I have a bad accent or what? Yeah, would I be you know a mess? Yeah, I could you know get Duolingo and maybe uh, you know kind of get a little feedback, or I could move to Brazil. Yeah, and be in a community where this is required, and I get corrected every time I mispronounce or use the wrong word or get the verb conjugation wrong or whatever. I would, you know, I need that feedback so I can grow and learn and actually speak speak Portuguese. How do they get in touch with you? We'll also put it in the feed. But how do they get in touch with you? How how do they join that group? Uh, just go to the Loving on Purpose website. Is it lovingonpurpose dot com? It is. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Well, we just so thank you for following us today. I hope that you got a lot out of this. Really go follow Danny. 
when, if you watch this this show and you're like, man, I I'm in trouble with my family. This is the this is the James Dobson of the 22nd century. Mm. This man's amazing. He's changed my life. He's changed my family's life. Thank you so much for being on. And go to lovingonpurpose.com and look at all the materials there. So much of the stuff is free. Lots of that things you can just, if you don't have money, just get on and, and listen to his teaching. But you will actually be benefited. God bless you. Thank you so much for being on, Danny. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you want to find out more, read my blog or listen to the previous podcast episodes. Go to chrisvelton.com. Have an awesome day.